I just, you know, he was using this microphone before, and you know. Yes, he was. He's got <laughs> his his uh his breath all over the microphone, and now I'm breathing in his breath. Stop talking, please. <laughs> 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 Shit. Welcome to the Sideline Ratings Podcast, everyone. I am Evan, and I am joined by my lovely sister Catherine today. Oh, that is that is lovely. I didn't mean a word of it. Well, that's jerkish. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I, I love you. Uh, I feel the love. How was your Christmas? Oh, my Christmas was very much wonderful. Got to spend it with my lovely brother here and um, you. Oh. <laughs> just kidding. We, I have another brother oh. for all you listeners out there. <clears throat> all what? Eight of them? <laughs> uh, thank goodness, no. Um, no, my, 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 my Christmas was lovely. It was... Um, couldn't have asked for anything better. It was a white Christmas for all you people that don't have snow where you live. Um, Ugh, fucking snow. I appreciate <laughs> having snow on Christmas. And then I'm like, eh. I was like, yeah, then then it, then you're done with it. It's just like, I don't care about this anymore. Exactly. But if I lived somewhere like California with no snow at all, I would feel like it wouldn't really be Christmas. That was the greatest year of my life. I didn't have to deal with snow. <laughs> oh, come on, you bah humbug. Yeah, Grinch. you're right. I don't like wrapping paper. I don't like Christmas music. I don't like any of that shit. Okay, this fool. Okay, <laughs> when we were with my, with our grandmother that is 84 years old, she wrapped him a nice little gift, and he was like, "Why the fuck is it? Why does that have wrapping paper? I'm just gonna throw it away." <laughs> that it doesn't make sense to me. You know what? I it is aesthetically pleasing to especially women. You're just gonna throw it away. Yes, but it's the it's guys. The- help me out. You can email <laughs> us at sidelinerannyspodcast at gmail dot com and give us your opinion. Should is wrapping paper even worth it, or is it something that's super necessary? I don't think you like the element of surprise either. I think that's why you also. Oh no, hate I hate it. the element of surprise. Exactly. Too. That's why I don't think you uh, appreciate it as much because you. Uh, you just want to know what's inside. You just want it, and you know you don't really care about the. Oh, there is a lovely. No, I'm fine or... with the element of surprise, actually. Really? It's just the fact that I don't know it, which is what gives me that unscratchable itch in my brain that makes me want to tear my eyelids off. So it would make you want to unwrap the wrapping paper more. Yeah, but then <laughs> you paid all that money for that wrapping paper. That's just going to be thrown away. I guess. I guess. But it's $5 that will last you, uh, like, 40 presents. You know who didn't get a lot of wrapping paper as a kid? Who? Harry Potter. Oh, you know how very true that is. He got sometimes Mr. Mr. Dursley's socks. As I say, uh, yeah, that's what we're here to talk about today, folks, because she, my sister, she is a Harry Potter cult <clears throat> nerd. Cult? Hey, I would that not is that a far. borderline cult. <laughs> well, it really can you look at me with I, a straight face and say it's not a cult? I would say passion. It's just passionate. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I don't think we're cultish at all. We're... Scientologists are just passionate then. <laughs> well, that's a little different, man. Well, shoot. Yeah. I, I, I like the movies and I like what goes what goes into them. Um, you've read the books. I don't think I can physically and mentally read things and retain information. So I'm terrible at re- retaining information while reading. Oh, but I always have been. And I think that shows, especially when I was younger, um, uh, doing the book reports, um, I would always choose books with movies 
That is fair for some, you know, some people who have ADHD or, you know, have a hard time retaining information or just even like, what line was I just on? Because I, I would like accidentally reread the same line five times and be oh, like, oh, yeah, same. Oh, I didn't know that I was rereading that, <laughs> um, which is which is so nice because not that this is sponsored at all, but Spotify, you can uh, go on there and listen to the Harry Potter books for free. Oh, that's dope. And, um, yeah, it's wonderful because you can listen to them and I'm sure audible and you know, whatever, obviously not sponsored, but, um, just throwing it out there. Hey, what's up guys? (laughs) (laughs) Um, which is, which is great. And, um, yeah, but reading the books, it's a whole nother, it's a whole nother world. Yeah. You just sit there hallucinate while reading words. (laughs) Well, (laughs) but you can hallucinate with magic. Magic. (laughs) Magical. So, 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 I mean, today we're mainly going to be talking about, you know, the differences between the books and the movies, because I guess there's a significant amount of differences um, between them. There are. And I've, I've, I've read the first few books. I didn't remember any of them, really. Um, So that's where you come in, (laughs) because you. you can actually retain that information. I, you know, I try. And you know what? I am not like crazy, crazy, crazy Harry Potter. In my family, I am the Harry Potter cult person. But yes, you are. Outside of you know, compared to the whole world, I would not say that I am that deep. You're a casual. I would say yes. (laughs) I am bored, like half blood. Now, (laughs) now you've obviously taken the online uh, sorting hat quiz. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Which, how many times did it take you to get Gryffindor? <laughs> yeah, probably three. I got Ravenclaw a fair few times. Now, what's the stoner group? The stoner group would probably be Hufflepuff. I don't know. I'm probably a Hufflepuff. <laughs> yeah, that's what you're basing it off. That's great. I'm going to be the, the group chef and making people food when they're higher, higher than Gandalf's pointy hat. I don't know. You're not a house elf, Evan. House elves' job is to make the food. Behind... Oh, I thought you were going to say that you guys mentioned Gandalf and not Dumbledore. Well, that too. I mean, <laughs> I same tried actor, to I but... tried to trigger her. It is not the same actor. Well, it's not? Nope. Well, son of a... See, that's why I'm not Harry Potter. <laughs> See, I'm horrible with actors' names and actors. I just know that's the main That's where characters. I come in. I like movies and what goes into them. And yeah. I'm... So we're going to be comparing those today. And today we're going to start with... This is going to be a longer series. Um, Not just with, with my sister, but with my brother. We're going to do... Um, some Lord of the Rings on on our next little book versus movie series. Um, so we're going to get into those a little bit too. Um, so yeah, we're going to start with the Sorcerer's Stone or the Philosopher's Stone, depending on which side of the pond you live on. You know what? Did you know the reason why they changed it from the Philosopher's to the Sorcerer's Stone? Probably because philosopher is probably a harder word for dumb American kids to sound out. It has something to do with American. No like, way. It does. They, so they wanted it to sound, I don't know if it was more proper or whatever but they changed it because in america it would be more um like applicable or something or like more friendly for whatever reason they want to hear the word sorcerer <laughs> exactly <laughs> so, so. <laughs> well i mean i just jumping off the deep end here in in the movie i because i remember i listened to a brief audiobook of the movie and right off the bat in the opening bits it goes into Mr. Dursley's job and what what he does and he's seeing things getting all starting to get all wooey when stuff starts going down. 
Yes. Did you know, uh, do you know the uh, company that he works for? Do you know the name it's, of it? I don't remember. It's something to do with drills, isn't it? Yes. That's, he works for a drill company. so random. <laughs> it's... I mean, because in the movies he acts like he's such a big shot, but he just uh, <laughs> he's just the Sears representative. <laughs> very true, very true. The um, Sears tools representative that nobody ever cares about because <laughs> you, you don't go to Sears for tools. I don't think. Yeah, the company that he worked for, its name was Grunnings. Grunnings, that's what it was. Yes, in Surrey, and um, yeah, it opens up saying. Yeah, so um, the the company he works for is Grunnings, and um, a lot of the story starts off as um, Mr. Dursley, Vernon Dursley, is going to work one day uh, to this company, Grunnings, and on his way to work, he notices some out-of-the-ordinary things, which is where our story really kicks off. And Evan, do you know, because it says in the books, and I have read many of the books, all of the books... Um, do you know the first thing that he noticed that was out of the ordinary on his way to work? It was either something like with people being dressed weird or something with owls or something. Yes, it wasn't the first thing that he noticed. He, he noticed a cat reading a map. A cat? Oh, that's right. Yes. <laughs> Which happens to be Professor McGonagall. Yeah. Um, I love her character as Maggie uh, portrays that character beautifully, in my opinion. Um, yes, and then our story kicks off, uh, you know, he sees a cat reading a map, and then, um, he sees strangely dressed people in cloaks, and for all of you that don't know Harry Potter very well, this is the day that, um, Voldemort, uh, has been quote-unquote defeated for now, um, has gone back into hiding, and, um, everybody is rejoicing, and, um, so many people are so excited that even the muggles, like Vernon Dursley, are noticing strange things are happening. And shit's getting a little all wooey. Yes. And and I I kind of wish they would have put something like that in the movie. That would um, be nice. And because in the first couple scenes in the movies, it compared to the books at least, because I remember the beginning of the books, because that's what I most kind of paid attention to. And that as it kind of went on, I kind of trailed off and just just my brain just went all over the place. But anyways, um, in the first couple scenes, we go very quickly in, compared to the book. Um, like, mm-hmm. we're introduced to everybody, like, right away. And just it just all goes down. And we, we get a little bit of, of that night, what happened, um, very briefly. And it was a great introduction, um, I think, to the for the series, I think. Yeah, to have the opening scene basically be Dumbledore, you know, with the Deluminator, or as mm-hmm. in the book, J.K. Rowling writes, the put-outer. Um, now, why does he need that if he can just magic the lights out? You know, maybe... There's a I lot of stuff like that, where, like, they have <laughs> these things that can do these, like, but you got magic. Just do the magic. I, I don't know. <laughs> that That's what... That's what irritates my brain in this. <laughs> Good point, but maybe it is because he, in case somebody was looking out the window when the lights were still on, they didn't want to see him uh, pulling out a, a stick, a wand from his trousers and, you know. Instead, he pulls out a, a little thing that's going to take the light and just the light goes zoop into the thing. Fair, fair point. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> like That's my issue with it. <laughs> I got a lot of issues with these movies like that. And the book, too. I mean, it didn't... I don't recall. I haven't right, read the yeah. books this month. But, um, yeah. 
No well, idea. And then and then right after that, we're immediately introduced to the rest of the Dursleys and and all that. And right away, we get some book differences. Um, they're uh, they're blondes, aren't they? Yes, uh, Petunia and Dudley are supposed to be blonde. Um, which in the movies they are not, which, you know, subtle difference, I guess. I, I liked the actors that played them. They were perfect for it, I oh. think. You hated them immediately. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> they played their part so well. And Vernon Dursley's rage got me. It's so intrigued. His, his you know? red purple face, just like, ah, <laughs> And in the books, it, he was described as a purple-faced, you know. Yeah, purple-faced guy. <laughs> and it was perfect, perfect. They always absolutely. went into the color of his face. Oh, yes. And, yeah. No, I, I loved the way that they articulated. The actors are so talented. And um, um, some of the other differences, though, is um, very early on in the movie, right after all the characters are basically... Um, introduced. In- introduced, Yeah. And actually, while they're being introduced, is um, it's it's Dudley Dudley's birthday, and uh, in the book, it describes as uh, the reason why Harry had to go with the Dursleys to this family affair that usually you know Harry would never be invited to. Oh yeah, he no. Was, he was supposed to go to Mrs. Fig, which is of course the neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, she actually, you know, we find out in later series is a squib. Which means... Yeah, Squib. <laughs> They've got some great names in these movies and books. <laughs> they really do. It's hilarious. It makes me think of Squab from Two and a Half Men. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um, for all you Harry Potter people out there who do not know, a Squib is a non-magical person born from a magic family. Like, you know, if Molly and Arthur Weasley were to have somebody who was born non-magic, that would be known as a Squib. Hmm. Uh, so, um, Harry was supposed to stay at Mrs. Fig's house, the crazy cat lady's house, and she broke, oh, that's right. she broke her leg. And then, you know, Petunia and uh, Vernon have this conversation of, well, couldn't she stay with Aunt Marge? And couldn't she stay with, her, couldn't he stay with this other person of Aunt Petunia's friend? And anyways, so Dudley throws a fit and... <sighs> the little... F- I hate him already, <laughs> just thinking about him. <laughs> the book version of Dudley, I hate so much more. Really? Um, because, Why? Because, in the, well, at least in the movie, it's easier for me to visualize, I guess. Because um, eventually, it seems like in the other movies that Dudley kind of, at least, isn't a dick to Harry anymore, it seems like. Well, because he's kind of scared of him in the books. He's kind of like... Is he? I, was like, I didn't get that far in the books. I know towards the end of the movie series, it... There seems to be like a mutual acceptance between them, I think. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah. Um, so I kind of liked him more in the movies, um, but he, he's such more of a dick in the books. I love it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think if, while we're talking about Dudley, I think in the movies, I don't really like how they portrayed him in the later movies. Again, we will talk about that as we do other podcasts, but... They kind of just made him stupid in the later yeah. movies. They just portrayed him as like this person who almost like a crab. Like they a crab? Like like dumbfounded. Like I don't Do you think really... of a crab as a dumbfounded no, person? No, crab like the the character crab and oh, Goyle, like Okay, eh, I guess. He did seem kind of like brain dead after yes. the dementor incident. Oh, maybe that's it. Oh, That's you know what, what I always kind of chalked it up to. That okay. like that like uh scarred him mentally or some shit like that. I didn't actually think of that. 
I'm very yeah, disappointed. We'll, we'll, get it, we'll get into that when we talk about that movie. Yes, but um, uh, sorry, as I was saying, um, yeah, and then uh, Dudley's throwing a tantrum that Harry has to has to go with them. And then in, in the book, Dudley has a friend that's actually going to the zoo with them. That's right, yeah. And, you know, it's... Which is what it is, and in the he movie, he has friends, <laughs> right? Um, I think it was something Hornby. I can't remember what the friend's name was, but yeah. Um, how was the movie scene for you uh, as they go to the zoo? And- it was very quick. There was no friends. Um, it was just a quick little warning from Vern, Vernon, and just like I'm warning you. And it's and- like, why is he warning him? That's another you know? thing I don't necessarily understand. It I. Th- Tell me how accurate this is in the books. It never really gives a good explanation of why they were such jerks to him. Um, I think people, a lot of people, including myself, kind of chalk it up to where eventually it's because he was the un, unintentional horcrux that he just made everyone around him evil. But then wouldn't that make everyone at, at Hogwarts make him kind of a, a jerk to him too? So it was just the Dursleys. Yeah. So for some reason they're just a jerk and they don't they don't want to send him to school at first which really throws me off because wouldn't you want to get rid of this kid if he's such a burden? You know what? And and the book does kind of explain that and and I think actually the movie does too, but it doesn't explain it until they're in that little hut at sea where Petunia finally opens up about her sister. Right. You know, um of course she was so Whatever she says. Yeah. yeah. Um, perfect. She had to be and, so perfect. Yeah. And then she met that Potter. <laughs> you know, I, I think. But if if you go back to the beginning of the movie where, you know, Vernon is like, no funny business boy. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it doesn't really make sense unless you have read the books. And I think the general population of the Harry Potter fans have read the books first and then, you know, watch the movie. That's obviously... They're basing That's it off if of you're that. a true fan. <laughs> uh, which I am. Thank you very much, Evan. Um, <laughs> and I mean, I think it's just kind of like the Lord of the Ring books or whatever this, whatever other series you want to compare it to. I think if you know the background story, you'll obviously get it much more. But if you just yeah. watch the movies, I mean, you wouldn't know that the Dursleys beginning, you know, before Harry was talked about, they hated... Aunt Petunia's sister, which was uh, Harry's mom. That's right, yeah. Um, and they, it in the book, it talked v- uh, very much about that. You know, they mm-hmm. were very undersleyish. Undersleyish. Yes. Ain't nobody trying to be Dursley. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm kidding. Um, so, but I mean, yeah, because yeah. he had incidents growing up where his hair wouldn't cut or something like that. Yeah. And just like randomly, randomly stuff would happen around him, and they just could they knew what was up, and they for some reason just freaked the hell out about it. And they blamed him about it. And, yeah. And so, yeah. I mean, I guess that explains why they did, why they kind of always said no funny business, but I, I still don't think that ex- that's a good explanation of why they kind of just hated him so much. I don't know. That's just me though. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I think they, yeah, just hated his parents so much that they just then didn't want anything to do with, cause they knew he was a wizard and I just think they didn't want anything to do with that yeah but and i i just think that's why they hated him so much yeah um yeah and then we finally get to the zoo and he talks to the snake and the glass you know just kind of poofs um and that that was kind of cool uh we got a little hint of him speaking to snakes which you know at the time when the movie was released and i think when the books were released we we just kind of chalked that oh he's magical you know it's whatever but it's a big deal i guess 
um, that yeah. not many people can actually speak to snakes. So, I, that, and that was kind of a funny scene um, to see Dudley kind of all freaking out. Mommy, mommy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that scene. I I think the and this is no disrespect to the writer um, Joan uh, Joanne. Um, actually, fun fact. Um, in the book or on the book, she decided to portray her name as J.K. Rowling because if uh, her first name is a female name, and at the time she didn't think that uh, people would read a book by a female author, so she it's uh, J.K. Rowling, known as. Anyways, um, fun fact. I always thought it was like J.K. Gotcha, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, it, it, yeah, yeah. No disrespect to J.K. Rowling, but in the in the book, I didn't love the scene where the the snake comes out of the glass. Because he says, um, thanks, amigo. And to me, amigo just sounds like a children's. <coughs> and, you know, it. the books were kind of childrenish for the first two. And then it eventually got really dark. But Yeah, um, <laughs> until they weren't children, childish. <laughs> exactly. But, um, you know, I, I like in the movie how it just says, thanks. The, the snake says, thanks. thanks. Oh, very, very snake-like. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Let's see. Where where was he? Um. Uh, uh, where was that snake from? It said Burma, Burmese, yes. Burmese. Oh. God, why did I take so long to think of that? <laughs> it wasn't nice then. <laughs> but then, yeah, why would they put amigo? I don't know. Maybe he met a Mexican snake in the captivity thing, and he just like he was best bros with him, and <laughs> then they went to snake college together, and then you're like, oh, I got into a good zoo, I got into a okay zoo, but it was across the country. You know, I want to watch that movie. <laughs> um, I am going to cock block you here because uh, it says the snake was uh bred in cap- captivity, so he couldn't have gone to a different snake place. Because he was bred, bred in, in captivity, ca- yeah. And there was another snake that was bred in captivity there, too. There's multiple snakes there, not just one. Oh, I thought you meant, like, the snakes came from different places. Oh, never mind. No. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm stupid. Um, And then, yeah, we, we kind of get Harry's, Harry's in trouble for that because you know, he doesn't know why. And then the shit kind of really starts getting good with um, the, let- the arriving of all the letters from Hogwarts. I think the producers of that film did an amazing job of showing the showers of letters. Yes. Um, and in the, in the book, it was beautifully described exactly how I would have imagined it. Um, they brought it to life visually. Although, Although. <laughs> I think us three kids, um, our other brother included, watching the movies of the, the scenes where the showering of letters, I think we've all said at one point, why is Harry reaching up in the air to catch a letter when he could just pick one yeah. up off the ground? <laughs> <laughs> there had to have been at least one that he got. He can easily outrun Vernon, and he can be quick. He can dodge, duck, dive, and bob, bob and weave in his way. He can easily <laughs> shove a letter in his pocket or something before he throws him in the cupboard or whatever. There has got to be a way. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, I mean, I don't know. That's that's just me, though. Yeah. Um, I, I nitpick at movies all the time. And it, it's not making it, I, it... I'm not saying it's a bad movie. It's just these little things just stick out to me. Movie logic. I know. <laughs> and then we get... Um, eventually, they just like, We're going away! Far away! <laughs> um, and then in the books, I actually kind of like where you kind of see Vernon kind of 
taken a downward spiral a little crazy um going from like hotel to hotel he gets goes to a store gets a gun yes he like gets a, he buys a gun <laughs> and nobody knows what it is until the night haggard shows up that's right yeah yeah he just comes out with a package <laughs> yeah a, a mysterious package I wonder what that's going to be. Yes. And yeah, I think <laughs> as you know, the the movie, it, we, it just pops up towards that island. Yeah. You know, I it, just as a book fan, I would have. I want to see, see Vernon try and row a boat over there. No <laughs> kidding. Yes. Those ham hocks of an arm just row, rowing a boat. I want to see it. He probably made Harry do it, honestly. Oh, yeah, that's probably right. But I want to see it. Yeah. Deliver it. <laughs> Uh-huh. Oh, and then we finally get to meet uh, our boy Hagrid. I have some inside information about my boy Hagrid here. Uh, he's not your boy. He's my boy. Okay, well, I like him. <laughs> <laughs> what you got? Uh, so, in the movies, sure, they casted Hagrid as, as a giant, like in the books, obviously. Yeah. And to make that possible, they took... So, the actual actor that played Hagrid was was six foot tall. Yes. Yeah, uh, Robbie Coltrane. Yeah. Yes, Robbie is six foot tall. So they went on a manhunt to say, okay, so Robbie's very tall. He's yeah. a very tall guy. He's a, he's a um, I'm not trying to be rude, but he's a, he's a bigger actor as well. Oh, yeah, he's, he's a thick boy. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so then they said, okay, well, in the book, uh, Hagrid is described as a man and a half. So if a you man think and a half. He's or twice the size of a normal man, whatever. That's um, like eight to ten feet tall. <laughs> yes. And so um they they went on this witch hunt. Ha, no pun intended. Um ah. to, <laughs> to find a a very tall actor so that they could portray Hag- Hagrid bigger mm-hmm. and make all the joints look realistic, whatever. Yeah. So they found this actor. I honestly forget his name. I think it's, I do too. I don't remember, but I know who you're T. talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And he was 6'10 and he's very, very tall. Damn. Very well built. He's not, uh, he's not thick. He's, he's just a muscular, very tall no, guy. He's thick. <laughs> he Hag- is? He's, he's a thick dude, but Hagrid's thick. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you for, for uh, describing that for us. <laughs> I got the image. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's a big dude. Yeah, and then and then from that, they built him a, th- a thick bodysuit. <laughs> Even then, thicker. <laughs> thicker. You got two C's in that thick. Oh, yeah. And then they did, you know, the hair, the makeup, whatever. Um, and then they put stilts on him. So yeah, yeah the, they made him even taller. Yes. Yeah, so the actual, and, and he didn't play in all the scenes. It's, you know, most of the scenes that right. they wanted to show his tallness. Came out to be over seven foot tall. Seven, six, basically. Damn. And um, they did an animatronic head. So it's, Yeah, I remember seeing that. And it, and it doesn't really look realistic, but they didn't shoot the shots of... You know, his face. Um, right. They, they were very talking. good with camera angles and whatnot. And I guess around the character of Hagrid, there was a lot of secrecy. Um, they didn't want to show how they were doing it um, as they were filming. Yes. They had a yes. lot of like secrecy people around him with like umbrellas so you couldn't yes. see him. Well, well, because the first time they shot the, the movie The Sorcerer's Stone, um, they had paparazzi up on this hillside where yeah. they were shooting where the train scene. Yeah, the ending train scene. Yep. Yes. And they had to shield him with umbrellas because people wouldn't stop taking pictures, leave uh-huh. him alone. Yeah. And, you know, they want to keep this giant, essentially, a secret. And they should have. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Come on. 
Um, and yeah, they were good with a lot of camera tricks with using Hagrid. And I, I imagine they used similar tricks to Lord, like Lord of the Rings, um, to get the hobbits and everyone normal sized and whatnot. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of, um, I read a documentary for Harry Potter. It was like a lot of lot wide angle, uh, wide lensed angle cameras and a lot of, a lot of, a lot of different cuts to make it, you know, seem like, you know, oh, Harry's going in for the hug. You got the the big guy in the shot. Then you zoom in on Hagrid's face. That's that's Robbie. And then you zoom back out from the back, and that's the big guy. Yes. You zoom see him from a distance. It's that animatronic mask with the big mm. guy. So it yeah, it's it's a lot of takes, a lot of um, a lot of a lot of smart people, a lot of a lot of good effects, and it all worked. I think. I think it really did, and I and I love that they went through such lengths yeah. to to make it possible and to do it as as um you know as real as possible with a real actor in a bodysuit instead of just cgiing you know yeah um, and, and in some of the newer movies you can kind of tell it's cgi too yeah but it's hard to i know it's hard it. not to. i notice it um and they do it it's not that they do bad it's just i think i i can just pick out cgi moments because i, I mm-hmm. look at i look for stuff like that honestly yeah um because i look very... at it from an artistic perspective like how well did they blend this in yeah. um to the actual physical people mm-hmm. um so i i kind of look for stuff like that and it, it still looks good don't get me wrong there's there's definitely some bad cgi in some of these movies but um the hagrid stuff i think it all looked pretty good oh yeah no i i really like that and um yeah, the first impression of meeting Hagrid, as opposed to the book Hagrid, I thought was pretty dang spot on. In my opinion... Um, I thought <clears throat> um, the meeting of him was good. Yeah. Um, a little bit later, when you get to some of the character traits of Hagrid, I think it kind of gets a little bit uh, straight away from the book. Because, you know, they don't want to show a grown man... Going off, leaving a kid in alone in a shopping alley, wizard shopping alley, while to go get and, some drinks. <laughs> yeah, while he goes and drinks beer. Oh yeah, he gets trashed. <laughs> oh yeah, yes, I will say that. But <laughs> and there's other times in the book, this book I believe, where he just he's totally blitzed off his ass, and Harry, Ron, and Hermione they just have to come down to him. And he's like, Ugh. yeah, there's that. he is a little bit of a drunk, but. Um, and yeah, they kind of <laughs> steered away from that in the movies. <laughs> but in they brought it back in the in the f- sixth movie. Did they? When him and Snugcorn were very drunk and singing. That's right. They were. They showed a little bit, but I that was it's not. As... That's more in a celebratory fashion. This was just yeah. okay. I'm gonna leave you here. I'm gonna go get drunk, and I'll see you at three. <laughs> he, he got drunk because of the Gringotts trolley made him, you know, sick to his stomach. So he's like, I gotta get me a pick me up. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't just because he was a drunk. I, I don't know. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> Yes. But yeah, I thought the meeting of Hagrid was great. Um, he gave Dudley his little tail. <laughs> Which in the book, it describes him as actually trying to turn Dudley into a full pig, but couldn't oh, because... that's right. Yeah, Hagrid's not technically good with magic. Right. Which apparently, um, Hagrid himself as a wizard and half giant, apparently it's unheard of of them being good at all with oh, magic. Oh, that's right. And so... Yeah, that's interesting. I, I think his wand is like inside his pink umbrella, right? Yeah, something like that. And because um, he only studied for like what a couple of years at Hogwarts. Yeah, and then he got kicked out. So yeah. he probably wasn't that great, anyways. But um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a good that was a good uh, little bit there. So and then he finally whisks Harry off, and um, and then they just 
in the movies, they just go straight to um, the the Leaky Cauldron. Yes. Where they go into Diagon Alley, which is the start, I think, of one of the best moments in in the movie. Where they just start world building really, really well. They Because mm. one of the best things I like about this first movie, it's a great start. Because they get a lot of this world building and a lot of this... Um, uh, characterization for certain characters out of the way real quick. Oh, yeah. Um, so oh, yeah. I, it, you see um, Diagon Alley, you see all the shops, all the people. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a really great scene. Yeah. Um, and is how how great in detail, because I don't remember. how. Do you remember how great in detail they went into kind of everyone around in the shops and whatnot in the books? Um, there there was uh, quite a few encounters. When they enter into the Leaky Cauldron, uh, there's a lot more uh, interaction between a lot of people m- trying to meet Harry. That's right, yeah. And um, the lady that came through like three times in the yes, line to meet him. <laughs> to shake his hand. And I think that might have been uh, the Crockford or... Yeah, Crock- Miranda, Miranda Crockford or something yeah, like that. Yeah, whatever her yeah. name is. Um, and in the, yeah, it's, it's still really great portrayed in the movie. Yeah. Um, and then it's just kind of streamlined. Yeah. And then as you go into, um, through the back passageway from the Leaker Cauldron into Diagon Alley, um, you know, it obviously displays, uh, Hagrid tapping the bricks in yeah. the, in the book, you know, exactly. Um, but as you go into Diagon Alley, um, yeah, some of the interactions with, people in the shops i mean harry they left out in the in the movies that harry had a whole interaction with draco yeah i I would have liked to have seen that yeah when they were getting fitted for their robes and you know you got the first taste of draco's that little prick (laughs) yes he is that is not sass he is a straight up dick yeah oh yeah (laughs) And that little fucking spoiled pompous <laughs> little fucking mm. he does so, he Tom Felton does such a good job characterizing oh, him. Oh, he does. I love and it. I, I I think he's one of the most popular one of the most popular like villains in a movie. I think like people actually like him instead of like you know hating him. He's yeah. not a, he's not Umbridge. Everybody hates that bitch. She did. We'll, we'll un- get into we'll get into yeah. we'll okay. we'll save yeah. it for that for that episode. <laughs> oh my gosh. But Everybody yeah. actually still kind of likes Draco, I think. Yes, yes. Uh, and in the end, uh, you know, we can get into this later, but he isn't the villain that every that he is portrayed in the first films. He's just a pussy. Well, <laughs> man, I have different feelings. But we'll okay. get to that when he when he actually goes down that path. Um, but yeah, and so I would have liked to see something like that in the movie. Again, you can only fit so many hours into a movie. I'm not bashing the producers at all. Oh, yeah. It just, you know. I mean, as as nerds, I think we're, I'd say we're more than willing to watch a four-hour four hour Harry Potter movie. Hell yes. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> they're making it for the general population. I know. I know. <laughs> for the normies, the muggles out there. The, yeah, no kidding. Um, <laughs> Is that racist? But... <laughs> Shit. Um, and I, I gotta give props to the set designers for all of that because they just brought it brought it to life. It it looked really good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. With they... everything in these movies. And, and it, this movie did such a good job of having that nice base layer, yeah, to lead other movies down along the the path. Yeah, and I think the first like the movie versus book, uh, there's not many changes. There's the little petty things like the hair color or you know. Draco yeah, I Harry's. can deal with that. Right, but the in the 
you know, the first movie wasn't that different because they had to lay out that, oh, the storyline of this is going to be, you know, this this magical place. And right. they had to have that baseline of, and then they could have fun in later movies, you know, yeah. then they could go crazy, but they had to capture that audience. And I think they did an amazing job. Yeah, I think they did good too. Um, so when eventually they get to nine platform, nine and three quarters, um, and he meets Ron and his family. Yes. (laughs) I think, I I think they all did great. Um, I love (laughs) Fred and George, their interactions just screwed with their mom (laughs) because I know if I had a twin, I'd do the exact same shit. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) As many times as possible. Yes. Uh, no, I think everybody's reaction was I I think they were pretty spot on. Yeah. Um, of course, you know, there's the, again, you have to, little petty things like Ron is supposed to be taller than the I twins. Like, yeah, I think Ron's supposed to be a lot taller. And but lanky and yeah. But I um, like I like Rupert Grint as as this. Um, I don't know what other movies he's been in. I The only other movie I know he's been in was, honestly, I don't know the movie, but I know he was playing Destiny 2 in it. And I was just like, <laughs> that's my game. That's my boy. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, that's a whole other another episode. But um, I I like his portrayal of Ron. I think Rupert and Ron's um, personalities mirror a lot. <laughs> they're they're just so similar. There was actually a um, I don't know if you call it documentary, but I'm gonna say documentary of um, the the producer had Harry, Ron, and Hermione, uh, you know Daniel, Rupert, and Emma do a essay on their character and why they you know are passionate about their character what they think their character means and oh, ron, that's cool and rupert didn't do it because he said well if i were ron I, <laughs> yes <laughs> i don't think ron would do it that's so great <laughs> and i'm like yes rupert is he's got this please tell me he passed with flying colors oh i'm sure he did <laughs> that's so great and please tell me emma just turned in a 40 page essay or something in the documentary rupert's like yeah she turned in a 12 page thing oh my god <laughs> so <laughs> that's so, great. so good yeah um and eventually we get to um we get them on the way to the hogwarts we meet hermione um i think in the book from what i remember um hermione's a little more sassy than <laughs> than the movie i think and i think they did that just to make her character more likable i think yeah um think but so. she's got a lot of sass in that book i think okay like the interactions, because Harry and Ron kind of hate her at first. They're like, oh, yeah. this bitch is fucking annoying. Yeah. Like, this is the teacher's pet. You could stay the fuck over there. And I think they they did bring a lot of the scenes in where she was sassy, but I think they downplayed it a little bit. I think you're right. I think they downplayed like the everyday sass. Yeah. Not just the big moment sass, but like the everyday. <laughs> yeah. Hermione was supposed to be this wasn't she also supposed to have like buck teeth or something like that yes and <laughs> and in the movies she did try to wear the teeth but she had such a bad lisp she couldn't wear them just like Dan- i love the word lisp because people lisp. with a lisp can't <laughs> can't say it with that's racist i have a lisp <laughs> that's racist i think that's fucking hilarious Ugh. Like the fear of long words is like this really long word or something like that. It's actually hippopotamontrius clopidelophobia. Are you for real? I'm fucking for real. They have a song about it. Do Hippo- you have a fear of long words? Uh, apparently not. I just said the damn word. <laughs> <laughs> damn. <laughs> um, uh. So eventually we get to uh, we get to Hogwarts and we get the infamous. We get the infamous music, the scene, oh. and whoever comp- I forget who composed it. 
Uh, but they, I, th- I want to say it was, oh, it was John Williams. John Williams. Oh, he he yeah. has all the big scores. He got Jaws, Jurassic Park. Oh, okay. E. T. He's got all the big heavy hitters. Oh, dang. Um, so it's no wonder this music is off the fucking chain. Um, I love it. So. And it, it just hits so different. You get the scene with the rowboats and going into the school. You get the first silhouette of Hogwarts in the, the in the moonlight. Look. It's so good. And they actually um, to I'm supposed to be the uh, the book nerd here, but um, in, in the making of the movies, um, they used to to compose the first look of Harry po- the um, Harry All of Hogwarts. Yeah, Hogwarts. I was gonna say the Harry Potter land. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, of Hogwarts, they used. They actually went to different churches and that's right, and they kind of patched it all together. Yes, and then eventually later they, you know, use CGI or whatever. And I and I think the the design of Hogwarts has changed a little bit over the course of the movies. It has. Um, And eventually, I think within the third movie or so, I think they finally said, "Okay, we need to have a concrete design for this place," Mm -hmm. and they built like a miniature. Um, mm. and then they did their big wide filming shots with that miniature. Yeah. Um, so in this first movie, uh, certain things kind of look a little out of whack compared to, uh, future movies where the, everything's more, um, consistent with yeah. how it looks, but it's still, it, it's a great looking school. Oh yeah. And then even like, yeah, as they walk in the, the front doors, they're going up the, the staircases to McGonagall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get your first interaction with her, with the kids. Yeah. And and, and so these, this is why I would like to see an interaction with Draco before this, because on on the train um, going to Hogwarts was Malfoy and Harry's second re, uh, interaction in the book. That's right, yeah. And then you know, they, they skip that again, and then you know the fi- the first interaction in the movie is is Harry and Draco, and it's it's not just him and him and Draco. It's in front of their whole first class. Yeah, they got a little audience. Yeah, which Draco obviously loves, and I think they portrayed that well, that Draco oh, yes. likes the attention. Oh, so yes. I, he lives on that. Oh, yeah. So I, I think it works. Uh-huh. I think but, it does, too. But, um, yeah. It would have been nice to have those little nuggets before that. Yes. The, you know, the books have so much sass. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of attitude. I, and I think British humor in general <laughs> tends to have a little just more sass. Because they're a little bolder. They're like... like a little bolder. Like, like British people, aren't they like a little like... Oh, you're fat. Like, aren't they like... <laughs> what? <laughs> like, didn't, like, Gabriel Iglesias say that somewhere? Like, they're just... It's not bullying if everybody does it. He's, he's, he's gone to those places and, like, Hey, throw the whale back in the water. <laughs> like, so, Whoa, what? Like, like, something like that? I don't know. I, I, think, I think British people, and along, and along with, especially Australia, too. Oh, um, yes. I don't know about other countries. Those are the only two I know, really. Um, but I think their humor is a little more... Um, I, I find it funny, but some people might find it offensive because <laughs> right. they're straight to the point. Cause oh, I, yes. I think there's a couple news channels or not news channel, but like channels in Australia where it's, it's like a fam quote unquote family, or at least, at least looks like a normal news show and they're dropping F bombs and oh, fuck my. it's off. I love it. Dang. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. I would want to live. That's the only reason I would maybe want to go to Australia just to experience that little bit of sass. But oh everything wants to kill you there, including the little cute animals. They just don't have the ability to. So I'm going to pass <laughs> Australia. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they, have a, they have a lot of good sass in the book that I think they, th- those couple little nuggets would have been nice. 
Yes, I agree. Um, but yeah, continuing into the next frame of the movie as they're getting sorted. Yes. Um, I could I could have done without the sorting hat song. In the book. In the book. <laughs> I, I, I think it shows... Because I, I, I know the backstory about it. You know, he does a new song every year. And then when shit got real, you know, as the storyline portrays on... He did a song that was like that people got scared of because really? yeah because he was like I, I don't remember off the top of my head but something about like you're in danger we're gonna die or not we're gonna Damn. die like, you <laughs> not know. like to start the new year off with positivity <laughs> right no but it was it, and it wasn't exactly like that but it was you know something to the effect of um should we be concerned like this is not normal I'd be a little concerned yeah. <laughs> I'm like why is this hat telling me we're all gonna die exactly. <laughs> So. Um, but yeah, we get, we get everybody started to sort, um, and it doesn't go through the whole list of students. Thank God. Cause that would have been really fucking boring. Right. Exactly. Um, but I mean, we eventually, you know, we get Malfoy, the hat doesn't even, he barely touches his hair as he's like Slytherin. <laughs> and then. <laughs> Which is um, exactly how it was in the book. Exactly. Yeah. I, I love that. Um, uh, we get Ron and Hermione and everyone's sorted. Uh, we get the little speech inside his head from Harry. Um, which in the movie it's out loud and i don't know can other people hear it like it doesn't really i don't know because yeah as i i think in the books it made it seem like it was all in his head yes and it was supposed to be uh yeah and in, in the movies it's um uh spoken out loud and i think that's just um they don't like because the book can easily translate um your inner monologue and whatnot into um yeah. your you know a book much easier than to film Right. Um, or at least it can do it better without sounding or looking, you know, real corny. Right. right. Um, and yeah. And I, I'd be, I would have been okay with either. Um, I think there are ways they, they could have done it, but it, it was still an okay scene. Um, he gets sorted into Gryffindor. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Spoiler, <laughs> spoiler. Um, and then we kind of, uh, get into them actually starting school, which, how do they know their way around this school? There needs to be a map. There needs to be a <laughs> you are here. Um, this place has is has magic. They, there's no excuse to not have a little magical map that says, oh, you're here. When someone steps in front of it, oh, you need to be here. Go this way. <laughs> they have no excuse. That's, yes. Well, and it being a magic school... I mean, Dumbledore says in one of the books, just the other day I went through a corridor that... I didn't know it was there before. <laughs> and he's you know? what, like a hundred years old? Yeah, a hundred and fifty maybe. Shit. <laughs> yeah, and the changing staircases—they just change on their own. It's like, well, shit. Now I'm stuck up here because this one won't come back. Exactly. And am I north, south, east, or west? I don't really know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You get all turned around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you get the first little tidbit of some of their classes. Um, you get kind of McDonald or McGonagall <laughs> as a teacher. Um, and she, she's, she's the sassy teacher. I, I like her. Yes. Um, I, what I, was, what, what was their next class? Uh, potions, wasn't it? Yeah. Mr. Potter, our new celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he, he did such a good job as Snape. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think, and I, but I, I think Snape is like every Harry Potter nuts go-to favorite character. Really? Or, um, Sirius. Okay, don't hate on. Sirius. I think those. I think those two characters are overrated. Okay, but everybody's okay. Mister, your favorite character is Ron. Like, um, 
he he's my favorite. He's got the best personality that most mirrors mine. I think. Oh. Okay. Um, my favorite character is Hagrid. He's the heart and soul of the movies. He really is. Um, heart. He was the father figure that Harry never had. <laughs> Besides Sirius. <laughs> I was gonna say that kind of contradicts Sirius. Um, but yeah, I, I I personally think Snape and and Sirius are overrated. That's just me. We'll, wow. we'll, we'll get into Sirius later. <laughs> you know, Alan up there in heaven is like shunning you right now. <laughs> he can shun me all he wants. I, it, it, it's nothing to do with him. It's <laughs> it's the the Harry Potter community in general. Like they they fan boy and fan girl over those two characters. Alan Rickman did such a good well because I think when when he tried out for the the spot of Severus Snape, he asked J.K. Rowling like. How does this end for my character? Because I, I remember, I remember hearing something about that. Yeah, because he didn't want to portray that character if it was just going to be evil. Yeah, because he wanted to be the good character, and it he ends up being a good outlook. Outlook. So I, I guess that's probably why people like. He just crazy. he just never got over that chick. I mean, he needs to go on and swipe left. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just that. <laughs> But I mean, yeah, there there was the class with Snape, and uh, he he does such a good job playing that character. Um, R.I.P. Alan Rickman. But yes. at least he got to finish filming these movies. Yes, um, I, we did. Yeah. At least we didn't have to have like a CGI Paul Walker. Um, <laughs> yeah, we didn't have to get a character cut completely. We didn't have a weird CGI clone of him. We didn't have someone else with CGI makeup on them. Right. He actually got to finish, so that yeah. that was good at least. Yeah, nobody else could have done that justice. Yeah, well. In my the opinion. only person that can come close to that voice is Jeremy Irons, I think. I don't know who that is. I'm he not play, he plays the voice of Scar in The Lion King. No! I think no. he I think he could do a decent impression. I'm not saying he looks like him. I'm just saying he's the only one who could match his voice. If you wanted looks, <laughs> okay. if you wanted a younger Professor Snape, Adam Driver, um, the newer guy in the newer Star Wars movies... Um, he look seen. he looks like a young Professor Snape. No really? joke. People want to make a young Professor Snape movies with him in it. That's no how way. much. That's how much he looks like him. Are you sure it's not one of the young Severus Snape actors? Oh, I'm I'm 100 positive because really? he didn't get popular until Star Wars. Oh dang. Um, okay. Okay. I'll I'll show you a picture of him real quick. Here, here's what he looks like. Yeah, lose the mustache and the goatee. Like, yeah, and... That's a young Professor Snape. Okay. Okay. There, there's a good, there's a good clean shave. That's young wow. Professor Snape. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that nose. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. So I think, good. I think people would go for that. Oh yeah. Well, um, a lot of Harry Potter fandom people, they want like Sirius, Lily, like uh, Lupin. They want that age group. I could of a see movie. them doing that because there's a lot of scenes that we got like as memories or whatnot. Yeah. I think they could probably make a move, squeeze a movie out of it. I don't know. That's what us Harry Potter fans want. I mean, I, I like a good, you know, lore callback. I don't know if they could make an entire movie out of it, but I, I think they'd be able to squeeze one out. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, let, uh, let's get a little back on track here. Yeah, sure. Um, let's see. Uh, after their <clears throat> first couple classes. Well, flying we get the, class. Yeah, we get the Quidditch scene. Yes. Or not Quidditch, just the flying lessons. Yes, with Madame um, Hooch with the... Okay, hold on. Why in the fucking movies does she have Hawkeyes? Why? She she has yellow eyes. I know, but in I, I guess in the book she is described as Hawkeyed, but like, I think they it did literally a little says, over... It literally says yellow eyes in the movie. I know, it's just, it just looks so fake that it was fake. 
I don't know if they were actual contacts or if they were CGI. I don't know. Yeah. I would hope they'd be contacts. I would hope so, but they were, um, it was a little too bold for me. I don't know. I, I didn't mind. A- the thing that bugged me about her was she was all sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> she was all sleeve. <laughs> Running around just... <laughs> okay, Professor Snape. <laughs> no, he's all cape. <laughs> oh. She's all sleeve. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so And we get the first of, you know, Drake, in the movies at least, of Draco kind of being a bully and yes. being kind of a prick. Um, and we get the the thing with Neville and and all Poor that, Neville. and he and Harry gets the invite to be the seeker um, for Gryffindor. Yes, and I think they did that uh, scene awesome. Yeah. Um, with uh, you know, he thought he was gonna get in trouble with McGonagall, and then he's oh, going yeah. to that was get pretty great. Oliver Wood. I wish they would have done that scene a little more, kind of push the fact that Harry thinks he's in trouble. Yeah. Um, so that would have been great. Uh, but what, what did kind of bug me is in the movies, at least when, uh, they got to the class where Oliver Wood was, uh-huh. you hear like monster yells and screams like, and whatever. And professor, stuttering professor Quirrell is just holding a green iguana. And yeah. it's just like, what does this have to do with defense against the dark arts? I don't know that. Oh, true. I don't know. Maybe he I think little acid. stuff like that gets, get, gets my brain in just a fury well, maybe you didn't take the correct defense against the dark arts class evan i, I guess not i guess I, what's well, a muggle to do i guess right um, um but yeah and then we get uh the scene with all the the quidditch balls which was pretty great yeah you know fun fact about quidditch when they made the movies um because quidditch actually went a long ways in the movies uh, it started it did out, yes i wish they would have had more of the quidditch games in the movies see that is the thing everybody wants more quidditch games but there's only so many games you can have that something different happens and different i think the well, amount some of, even some of the main um because the quidditch games played a big part in the house cup at the end yes um yes. so there was a lot riding on um if they won or not. I, don't, I forget if it was this movie or if it was one of the next movies. Um, because it was like, oh, Gryffindor hasn't won the House Cup in so long. You know, if we win this game, you know, we have a shot. Right. Um, so I, I kind of wish they would have had more of that in there. Yeah, but, I mean, in my take, from the books to the movies. Because the, the book, really, it, it told you about Quidditch and the Four Balls. But it left so much to the imagination. That, it did, yeah. That I feel like, for them transferring that to the movies i think they did the exact amount of games that they were supposed to because i mean you i think yeah they they did the bare minimum i think i don't know if they did the right amount i kind of think that was kind of the bare minimum well okay so in 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 my outlook i'm going to talk about the other movies for just a minute the the first the first book you know and and movie they have you know harry is learning he's he's the new seeker so it's the it's the fan it's it's the whole start of it. Yeah. The second movie, Draco and Harry go literally go head to head as mm-hmm. Seeker. Third movie, um, the Dementor attack. And it's the first time they play Quidditch in the rain in the movies. Yeah, that's um, right. Which is a whole nother. I mean, Harry has the goggles and the it's up in the clouds and the Dementors. It's a whole nother world. There's a lot of obstacles in that game. Right. And then the, the, the fourth movie, they omitted it completely because of the Wizard Tournament. Yeah. The fifth one, they had basically nothing only because of Dolores. there was a lot of other stuff going on yeah Dolores being a dick and then you know the sixth one they had did they even have one in the sixth one they did you know, that or was they Harry's... just didn't really cover it 
They had it as Harry being the captain and Ron being the... Oh, that's right. Oh, no, that was in the fifth movie. Hold was on. it? Hold on. Hold on. That was in the fifth movie, I think. So aggressive. I know. I'm sorry. These cult people, they, Anyways, they have no my, chill. Anyways, my point is, is I think they portrayed Quidditch wonderfully because there was always something new. And if they just repeated it, it might just... I don't know. That's just my opinion for the movies to... I, I agree in the later movies that, yeah, they shouldn't have shown as much Quidditch. Um, but in these in these first three movies, I think, um, I think Quidditch should have at least played a little bit more of a role. I think, okay, or okay. at least had a little more, little more time in the in the screen. Yeah, and I do. I mean, I think in one of the movies, maybe they were playing against Ravenclaw, but it's usually always Slytherin and Gryffindor, which I think they could have brought in the spectrum of Hufflepuff in a Ravenclaw game or a yeah. Well, wasn't Cedric... Who was Cedric uh, oh, the Seeker for? He was uh, Hufflepuff. I was like, yeah, Hufflepuff was one of the big games. Oh, that's Because, yeah, true. that's, that's where true. he first meets Cedric. Right. Instead of in the, what, fourth movie or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. And then Cho Chang, which is Ravenclaw, I guess. Yeah, yeah. that's right. But, I mean, yeah. As far as the movie goes, how they portrayed it, I mean, they... <laughs> the way they started filming that was basically just... What are those things called? Not a Ballymore, not a forklift... Um, the things that you like stand on that raise up to change a, light bulbs. A seesaw? A tape? No. I don't know. It's a but, scissor lift? Is that what they're called? I don't know. I don't know. I yeah. think uh, in the first couple movies, it was the, that was really where this the bad CGI kind of showed. Yeah, in the first <laughs> in the first movie, because it, it, it was just basically about showing them flying through the air. And it got better, a lot better. It really did. Yeah, each movie took um, definite leaps and bounds with each form of new CGI they decided to adapt. Yes, and it, and a lot of it in, in the later movies was about the background, improving the background. To yeah, make- all the backgrounds in these big wide shots of, of the, especially in this first um, Harry Potter movie, the back the backgrounds, like the, the scenery way in the back doesn't mm-hmm. look great. Yeah, and... And, you know, when they first started the first movie, it was just basically they had this lift that could make the broom go up and down. Yeah. And they could, you know, tilt with their body. But later in movies, they had a broom that attached to this thing that did a 360 degree thing with somebody on it. Oh, that's crazy. So, I mean, that came a long way, but... I mean, I can't complain really as the first movie goes. I was gonna say it, it's it, it's kind of bad CGI. They 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 definitely used what they had at their disposal, right. and I think they used it to good good effect. Yeah. Um, and then what happened? To, what happens after Quidditch? Um, um well, the whole thing with the three headed dog. I oh, think. that's right. Yeah, <laughs> it's a major. Um, because yeah, they. Which brings me to I think one of the mo- oddest choices, they cut that ghost. Uh, the character. Peeves, the poltergeist. Yeah, they cut out Peeves in all the movies. They cut out a lot of characters. I have a list of characters. Really? Get, some of get them, out your notes. Some Shoot. of them. Let's see. Winky the house elf. Winky. We, uh, she was supposed to be um, in the uh, fourth. Oh, that's the, right. You were telling me about book. this. Yeah, she was the one who actually cast the the snake and the snake skull thing in the sky. Whatever. Yes. Yes. Um, the uh, dark, the dark mark, actually, oh, it's okay. called um, okay, <laughs> Peeves the Poltergeist, which he was basically in all the books. Yeah, he was in all the books. He, I think he was at every like major event. And he actually aided in some of the, um, uh, some of the scenes, like 
you know, Harry said, hey, Peeves, go do this to distract Filch so I can get yeah. out of his attention or whatever. Yeah, that's right. And if for all of you book readers out there who do not know, Peeves was described as somebody with an orange, uh, either bow tie or tie. And he basically, it, 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 the way J.K. Rowling describes it is he basically kind of looked like a clown ghost. <laughs> like, So we're talking like <laughs> it? <laughs> no, not dark. And he's a funny, just poltergeist <laughs> sounds like a dick yeah. <laughs> he was getting into a lot of trouble yeah but i mean he was at one of the, all like all of the major incidents and i think that was an odd choice to cut him i think it was because a lot of those incidences couldn't have happened the way they did without him right so i they just mm-hmm. decided to cut the character altogether yeah. i don't know that was that was a weird choice for me it was i mean obviously they did an amazing job cutting him like i was gonna say yeah because he was in a lot of scenes in the book right um, it got little thirsties. <laughs> Potty wee Potter. <laughs> yeah, he was. Just, yeah, Potter, that was, you rotter. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, yeah, there was a lot of weird stuff he said, but uh, he was he was there for it, so I yeah. Don't know. And yeah, I mean that was a really weird choice, but but yeah, they find they find the three headed dog, they find Fluffy, they they freak him out. I guess actually before that, I think we skipped uh, Hermione. Was stuck in the bathroom with the troll. Oh, yeah, the troll. Which, troll uh, in the dungeon! <laughs> Thought you ought to know. <laughs> and then everybody just screams and freaks out. And then Dumbledore silence. silent. Now, do you like the first iteration of Dumbledore? Richard, I love. Yes, I do. But, but, I but. have, to me, I mean... The Dumbledore in the books just seemed a little bit. He, he seemed like he could move a little bit faster. <laughs> so well, I I think um, they kind of split Dumbledore's kind of person, not personalities, but character traits. Um, in the first two movies, where it's um, Richard Harris who plays Dumbledore, um, I think he was the more calming aspect yes. of Dumbledore. Oh, for sure. And the other. Um, the other version of Dumbledore, I'm brain farting on the name right now, but he was the more assertive. Um, he could definitely quiet a room. Yes. Um, he, and he could, ob- like in filmmaking, he could do the stunts or exactly. he could actually do more. Exactly. Um, physically. And, I, so, th- and yeah. I think it actually worked out like to have the, the calming Dumbledore. You know, Richard did an amazing job with what he uh, did. Um, I, I think it was a good... Lead, uh, lead into because Harry Potter the first and second book I mean it's all about still learning everything about Harry Potter and yeah it's it's all that world building yes and then you know going into it I think you know rest in peace Richard but having that other actor that um, again could could captivate and withhold like a up upbeat Dumbledore yeah he was, he was a much essential. more serious tone I think yeah um and yeah, yeah <laughs> it always uh, the number one meme I, I always think of sometimes is, did you put your name in that goblet of fire, Harry? <laughs> and in the books, he said calmly. Yes, which is <laughs> as he screams at him in the movie. <laughs> yes. Okay. But <laughs> I I do have a special place in my heart for the for the Dumbledore that played three through six. Yeah, um, I was like, he he was good. Um, I I think they were both good. I kind of gravitate towards the first one a little bit. Yeah. Um. Not to say that the 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 other one's not good. I I just kind of gravitate towards him a little. I yeah. think he looks more like what I picture when I read the first book and and mm. all the other books. Yeah. I think I just kind of pictured someone like him. I will say, 
and and I don't know the reasoning for this, but I I will say that in in the later books or or, or in the in the movies three through six, the new Dumbledore um doesn't really wear his half moon spectacles, and I'm kind of upset about that. That's Just right, he bit. doesn't. I'm like a little. Obviously, he's more agile and whatever. He might have gotten contacts in the wizarding <laughs> world. But... Oh yeah, they have magic. <laughs> they can just cure their eyesight. I think. Uh, <laughs> well, why has why couldn't Harry do that then, Evan? Because uh, he can't use magic outside of school. I don't know. And he couldn't have done it in school. <laughs> yeah, but then as soon as he left Hogwarts, it would have stopped because oh, it's magic. Okay, okay. Boom. Hmm. <laughs> Mic drop. Okay. Um. So yeah, then we get uh. Yeah, the troll scene, we get the fluffy scene, and then we get, <laughs> in the movie at least, it kind of just skips along to, oh, we're getting information out of Hagrid about Fluffy. <laughs> Which, oh my gosh, yeah. And I can't remember, honestly, in the book how, um, you know, the, the interaction between Hagrid and technically Voldemort, or um, what's his name, um, Quirrell. Yeah, in, that's in the, right. In the Hogshead, apparently it was at the Hogshead, according yeah. to the book. I don't remember exactly how that scene played out, but um, yeah. I don't think they showed that in the movie, or if there was like an extended version of it. I don't remember seeing it. They so. they didn't show it in the movie. I don't know if there's a, 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 a an extended, uncut, whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in the main movie, they didn't show that scene. He just Hagrid talked about it, you know, like, oh, he kept his hood up the whole time. He was interested in Fluffy. Um, yeah. Which it's so like Hagrid, you know, his... In- he, he just doesn't question anything. Well, because, I mean, in the... In the- in the book he was drinking and when he's drinking he just spills all of his secrets he really does it, he should not drink oh exactly but in the book in the in the book he felt remorse yeah that's right and then in the in the movie it just seemed like where are you guys going and then oh, i shouldn't have said that yeah, and then just oh i should not have told you that i should, I should not, not have, have said you. that <laughs> and then brought rod and harry rod and harry just kind of look at each other oh, he told us just like that <laughs> that was easy <laughs> But yeah, and then um, isn't there in the in the first book, isn't there a bit with uh, Norb? Yes, I was just going to bring that up. Yeah, Norbit or Norbert, whatever. Spoiler alert, in the uh, fifth or sixth book, we actually find out that Norbert is uh, a female. It's Norbita. Norbita. Nor- <laughs> Norbita, what the fuck? <laughs> or Norbita. Yeah, Norbita, I think. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Um, and, uh, <laughs> it hasn't been more nice here since you got back. <laughs> you don't know what that's from. You know who know. you are out there. Okay, so. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, didn't didn't they didn't show much of that conflict in the movie? I think they just showed the hatching of him, and poof, like oh, he's been sent off to Romania. Right, and I wish they would have done something in the movie. Yeah, because uh, yeah, there was a whole thing where they had to get him to the roof. He was getting too big. He was actually, you know. Causing a ruckus. Setting and, things on fire. Yeah. Like <laughs> well, and, and then didn't we get to meet Ron's brother, Charlie? Yes. In the book? Yeah. Or no, maybe it was Ron or maybe it was Charlie's friends. I want to say it was Charlie though. Really? I think it was. Okay. Yeah, because he even introduced, oh, hi, Harry, I'm Charlie. Okay. That's okay. just my voice for him. I don't know what this <laughs> one sounds like. That's a general British voice. <laughs> it really is. I When I think of a general British accent, I think of Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, well, and actually, the, the whole scene of Norbert in the book plays into why they got detention in the first place. Yeah, that's right. And in and in the detention in the book, Neville's a part of it. And in the that's movie, right. Neville's not a part of 
it. I was like, yeah, they, they kind of cut certain things out in and out, especially around that port. 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 <laughs> especially, <laughs> especially around that port of it. <laughs> um, and that, that was kind of a weird creative choice. And I think that was probably... I want to say that was probably just to um, take out certain characters that probably weren't super essential to the plot. Yeah. And to cut down the runtime a little bit, I think. Oh, for sure. And either way, yeah. they still they still sent little kids into a forbidden forest where they could possibly die at night. True. <laughs> I, you know, just as a as a This place is a death trap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but nothing is in the forest that will hurt you as long as me or Fang are with you. <laughs> the you mean the scaredy cat dog? <laughs> I mean, he's a big dog, but that's a lot of loose skin that dog has there and that's not going to help you. Fine, just so you know, he's a bloody coward. Yeah, he's a bloody coward. <laughs> Which, you know, I would have actually liked to see Neville go into the forest, because um, for the, all of you... Who- he is so scared of anything. He is yes. scared of his own shadow. <laughs> yes, and you know, all for, for all of you that don't know, um, Neville, the reason why he got in trouble in the book is because he was sneaking out of the portrait hole to tell Ron and Hermione to... or. Actually, I don't even think Hermione's there. I think it's just Ron and Harry. Yeah, yeah. I think they switched out Hermione with, um, yeah, with Neville. Yeah. Um, so Neville is is trying to find Ron and Ron and Harry to tell him and head them off that Draco is gonna, yeah, like ambush you. Yeah, he was trying to give him the heads up. And um, basically, um, you know, whatever book that they were that Harry, Ron, and Hermione were researching, Nicholas Flamel, whatever mm-hmm, yeah. they were looking up, um, they. In that book, Ron left the the owl that he got from Charlie, saying, "Hey, this time, this day, let's That's swap right, yeah. Norbert." And so, and Malfoy somehow got this book, and so yeah. Malfoy knew that they were going to meet with um, Charlie at the top of the astronomy tower that day, mm-hmm. or maybe not astronomy tower, whatever tower it was, the black tower or whatever. Um, why it gotta be black? Why not? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <You're> racist <laughs> not me um but yeah yeah we got that whole thing and then we uh oh we we completely skipped over the cloak of invisibility well yeah so that's what i was gonna say happy they... christmas harry <laughs> <laughs> yes so on christmas yeah he gets this cloak and actually uses it to do the thing with norbert they hide under the invisibility cloak yeah they leave it up at the top of the tower and then they come back down and that's how the mcgonagall and draco mm-hmm. see harry and ron yeah or, or, now i have yeah. kind of a problem with the invisibility cloak Why? in the movies at least Why? um because there's a lot of instances where um especially not i don't know if it's really in the first movie um but definitely in i want to say the third movie where harry's like throwing snowballs at you know <laughs> draco, uh, and- draco and what's their what's their faces and like you 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 can't be throwing snowballs and still be invisible. I, he's got to see his hand or something. I don't know. I think there was just a little too much. Um, I don't know. Belief it, in it. Yeah, <laughs> belief in it. Yeah, I guess that's the word. Yeah. But like like I said, it's not. I'm not saying they're bad. It's just these little things that just stick out to me. I will say, in the movie, though, when that snowball is coming at the frame, it does look like it's coming from behind, behind the hill. Yeah. Behind the hill. Which, how did Harry know that was going to hit? True. <laughs> Which leads to another question. He questions has, like that. It's just like, maybe they're magic snowballs? I don't know. He's got serious aim. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it, 
it does a, it does an okay job in the first couple movies with the invisible clo- invisibility cloak. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't have that much issues with it. Yeah. Um, I know in the book, um, they did kind of make it a point to you know point out that oh yeah you know we got to stay under the cloak you know yes. <laughs> um. So there there was at least that. So they tried. Yeah, and I like how in the in the book they explain um how they fit under the invisibility cloak. They had to crouch for all three of them to fit. Yeah. I love how J.K. Rowling describes that. And And I like in the movie where they have like all three of them that are in the cloak, but their feet are still, (laughs) their feet are still like invisible, but like how big is this cloak really? (laughs) No, I think Um, that's hilarious. Unless Um, it just gets magically bigger or something like that. I don't know. No, it doesn't. As I say, that's one of those moments where like fans could come in and like, input their own lore and then so so many fans get behind it that that's just canon now um and i yeah. I, the, the star wars effect i call it kind of star wars effect not the mandela effect but the no star the star wars effect, effect because <laughs> there's so many moments in star wars where there's technically mistakes oh. um or stuff that's unclear and fans come up with their own lore and oh, yeah. so many fans get behind it that they just make it canon. That's just it the now. Exam- <laughs> the number one example I like to use is Mace Windu, the black guy. Uh-huh. Uh, Samuel Jackson's character, he gets a purple lightsaber. And I, I think I talked about this on a past episode, but she hasn't heard this. Um, so he gets a purple lightsaber because Samuel L. Jackson wanted a purple lightsaber. He had the actor himself. He's oh, like, I, I want a purple. Um, just so I can pick myself out in the crowd, you know, of, of the big scene we're doing. Yeah. And George Lucas is like, all right, well, it might be purple. It might be not. He was trying to be coy about it. Yeah. Um, but it didn't really, because then people started like, well, why does he get purple? What is it? Is, does that mean anything? And then people mm-hmm. started saying, oh, he used the dark and the light side to make his lightsaber or something like oh. that. And we're just like, he just wanted a purple lightsaber, guys. Come Chill. <laughs> and then in like the comics and the books of Star Wars and whatnot, it's now canon. To oh where it gosh. shows why his lightsaber is purple. And I'm just like, all right, whatever, guys. Oh, <laughs> I guess you have, you're have you the captain of the ship now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there, there's stuff like that. I think that could easily be in Harry Potter where fans just kind of take over certain parts of the lore. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, absolutely. So I'm, I'm sure there is, actually. I just don't know about it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, well, and then what, what scenes? Uh, oh, when they actually start to... Um, go into the little chamber down below to get the Sorcerer's Stone. Yes. Um, which I, you know, there is a difference between the book and the movie as um, one of the, because, you know, a McGonagall transfigured the chessmen to oh, guard yeah. the whatever. And Flickwit did this charm and whoever did this charm. Mm-hmm. They left out Snape's charm. They did, yes. Which was the eight potions with a riddle of which yeah. potion to drink to get through the door or whatever. Or not to get through the door. This is the, 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 the wall of fire or whatever it was. Yeah, exactly. And I, I would have liked to see that because that would have yeah. shown Hermione's smartness. What of- bugs me in this scene in the movies, the chess game that Ron plays, eventually they he you know his piece loses and he falls, what, <laughs> four feet and that incapacitates him well and the sword the, the, the queen's sword didn't even hit him I was like, yeah it didn't even hit him he just fell like four feet and he, now he's knocked out unconscious for an hour or whatever yes i found that very funny as yeah. well yeah but then we get to um like the final big climax of the movie where we find out an, oh shocking surprise it was professor quirrell the whole time you know what i because no one would sus- suspect poor, poor st- stuttering Professor Quirrell. <laughs> and then he's just like, fuck you, Potter. 
I think I think the scene is okay. It's not bad. I it, the the only thing that confused me because I remember I watched the movie first mm-hmm. and then read the book and then a couple months ago I actually listened to the audiobook again to kind of understand it. Yeah. Um. What I remember when I was watching the movie for the first time, I was just like. How did the stone end up in his pocket? Because the movie doesn't really explain it. Right. Um. Because we know about the mirror and, you know, how he could see his parents in it and whatnot. So I was like, what does this mirror have to do with the stone and whatnot? Right. So I was, I, that kind of confused me. But as as I listened to the audiobook, I think it did a little bit better job of explaining it. But I don't think still it did the greatest job. Well, I mean... Dumbledore explains it at the end when he's talking to Harry and he's like, only a person who wanted to find the stone could get it through the Yeah, I guess. But, I mean, I agree. It doesn't... It didn't really do it justice for me either. Um, And fun fact real quick about the Mirror of Erisette. In... Before, after Harry gets the invisibility cloak and he's looking for Nicholas Flamel in the library and he, you know, Filch finds him and he runs off to the whatever room when he finds the Mirror of Erisette... Um, when he looks in the mirror in the book, it's not just his parents. It's his whole family. Oh, is it? It is. I don't remember that. Okay. Yeah. Which, yeah. Sorry. Sidetrack. Oh, but, no. That's fine. Um, I, now know, I now know something I didn't know before. But you know what tickles me to the bone? I think it's so freaking weird. What? Dumbledore comes into that room when Harry's on there for, when Harry's in there for like the third or fourth night in a row. And he's like, Harry, I, I want you to not go looking for the mirror again. And it's going to be moved to a new home. And why is that new home down the trap fucking door? Why? Why? Why the fuck? (laughs) I am enraged about this. Oh my god! Because if Dumbledore, I think, so there's, there's a theory. I don't know if this is like a fan theory or like whatever, but there's a theory that Dumbledore wanted Harry to do these things to. Oh, I think he did too. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, oh. I think there's a lot of stuff that Dumbledore just knew somehow that was going to happen, and he didn't do anything. I think so, too. And it Makes him the me. worst headmaster ever, because he knew all this shit was going down. He's just like, oh, I'm not going to do anything. Oh, oh, I didn't see that. Oh, look, shiny. Yeah. Right. Oh, look at that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Although he did know that Harry was the chosen one way back when he was born. or, or I, when, I guess. Or when Voldemort did the thing to him, but Yeah. I, 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 that always tickles me to the bone. I'm like, why the fuck wouldn't you put it somewhere the fuck else? <laughs> Anywhere else. Yes. <laughs> In your office. Yes. <laughs> Next to your bed or something. I don't know. No kidding. Um, but yeah, then we get the, the final climax and, uh, we get the reveal of that lo- that Voldemort's looking, um, a little worse for wear behind Quirrell's little smelly cap or whatever it is. And I, okay, fun fact. <laughs> In the book. Hit me. <laughs> Um, it describes the, uh, uh, what is it? A turban. Yeah, the turban. That hides Voldemort's face as smelling, like smelly. And George and Fred Weasley were joking that it was full of garlic because of, um, because the the reason why Professor Quirrell all of a sudden became like stuttering was because he went on a trip and. Oh yeah, vampires. Yes. and That's right. And did something with a vampire or a werewolf and then he was like terrified of them so yeah. he had like garlic around his office and friend and george Weezy were like i swear his turban is full of garlic <laughs> <laughs> that's funny i remember that yeah yeah but yeah and then we we get the whole scene where harry just like touches him and he just like 
kills the professor. <laughs> yeah, which, you know... In the movies, he kills someone before he actually <laughs> casts an actual spell. Exactly. <laughs> which is the weirdest thing about this whole movie, I think. Harry doesn't cast one spell, but he kills someone. <laughs> Albeit unintentionally, but he still right. killed him. Right. Which I have a slight plot hole in my opinion. Okay, um, those stu- Those horses... Or whatever they are. That, yeah, that you can't see till you've seen death or whatever. Quirrell died in front of his eyes, essentially. So did what? his parents, technically. Yeah, exactly. So did his parents. So why doesn't he see them yet until like the fourth or fifth movie, you whatever know, it is? Okay, I don't know why he can't see Thestrals um, because I he maybe didn't see... I mean, he didn't see his dad die, that's for sure. I can kind of let the infant a bit slide because you don't remember everything when you're an infant yeah but still you could see what you see i don't know but your brain didn't process it i think but i think um when he killed when quirrell got killed i think that i don't think that passes because he's of conscious mind right he can remember that i I think he should have started seeing the horse things after that i don't think they i don't know what it says in the books i forget but i don't think they portrayed it as Quirrell died like Harry Harry died (laughs) I understand that I know he did but like I don't think it's portrayed that Harry killed Quirrell like I think it's more of like oh through Lily's love in his hands it does destroyed him no 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 it doesn't say that they had to kill them they just had to witness death because that's exactly what Luna Lovegood says only people that have witnessed death can see them yeah but it's (sighs) yeah I was like that. That's just a plot hole in my brain that I, I one of the one. many, that's the one, one of the many itches I can't scratch in my brain about this series. Okay, okay, that's um, that's very fair. So I mean, I I think it was. I, I think overall, it was it was a good starting point for this series. I think it was too. I think they really painted the picture of what Hogwarts should have been like. I think they painted a great picture too. Yeah. And then like at the end, when when Hermione's like, "It's strange to be going home," and Harry says, "I'm not really going home." Not really. Not really. That was like, that hit home for probably so many kids, including myself. Like, you just want to live in this world of freedom and magic. I mean, but there's not a lot of freedom. <laughs> well, I mean, for isn't Harry... there like Isn't there like elf slavery and like... <laughs> okay, well... <laughs> magical racism and... <laughs> it sounds like there's a lot... They have a lot of same issues we have. <laughs> As according to Harry, living with muggles that were horrible to him, he has a lot of freedom. Okay, yeah. Okay, okay yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I yeah, I think it was a good ending piece, and I thought the directors did well. I, yeah, I've heard you know when they filmed it, um, you know the first movie was kind of PC because like like many shots, like many different camera angles. Oh, they they took a lot of takes. Well, no, not just that, but they had. So I actually watched a documentary of it uh, yesterday for some extra credit things. Ooh. Um, that. <laughs> Uh, the director purposefully put a camera on each actor, Emma, Rupert, and Daniel at all times because one of That's them would right. laugh. Yeah, they of, would get a bunch of weird stuff like that. Yeah, Or during one scene, maybe Rupert didn't make the right face and Daniel did it right. <laughs> and so they had like basically like it wasn't just one scene where it went the camera went from Emma and Rupert then to Daniel like it was. They couldn't get a lot of smooth shots. Right. Because yeah. they were kids and they're, Yeah, they're kid actors. And, I think out of the three kid actors, I'd say Daniel probably was the best of them. Yeah. Um, and I, not that they're not good now; they're they're great now. Oh. Um, oh but yeah. I think as child actors go, I think they were okay. Well, and I think oh, you know, neither, 
none of them harry did acting before yeah he he had a little bit of tra- not tra- maybe training is the right word yeah training yeah training. he had pointers. a little bit of training beforehand yeah but yeah i don't know if the other two did i don't think i don't think emma or rupert did i know emma i don't think she did at all i don't know about rupert. i don't remember but um, yeah, I would, and, and Harry being the star of it, I think he did a phenomenal job. Yeah, I, th- I think he did good with it. Um, I think he, um, in some of the scenes, just by himself, I think I don't think he did as strongly. But when he had other characters, you know, to kind of riff off of and whatnot, mm-hmm. I think he did really great. Like which um, which ones? Like with Hagrid, um, with Dumbledore, um, with the the banter yeah, between him yeah. and Ron sometimes was really good. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah, when when he's with other people acting, I think he did really good. Uh-huh. Um. Just kind of by himself, eh, not the greatest, but yeah, he's still good. Are you talking he, just for that first movie? Yeah, just for okay. that first movie. Okay. Um. But but yeah, I, I thought they were as child actors go, I, they definitely weren't that bad. Oh yeah. Some, there's some real bad child actors out there. Oh yes. <laughs> uh. Well, I don't know if we'll get into those eventually, but. I mean, I, th- I think that sums up uh, our f- the first movie, at least. Um, out of 10, what would you give it? Um, I mean, I'm biased because I love Harry Potter. <laughs> I'd give it a 9 or a 10. I mean, some of the CGI wasn't as strong as it could have been, I think. But then again, back then, I don't know what it was, what they had to work with. I'm not very right. um, familiar or... Um, I'm, I'm not this was very... kind of just in the era of CG. They were starting to really use CGI better mm-hmm. than what they had been. Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of figuring out like, okay, we need to do something better. What do we got? Like, uh-huh. we got to do something. Gotcha. And, and they just kind of flew by the seat of their pants, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think they did pretty well with what they had. Yeah, what about you rating a scale? I would I would give it a 7 or an 8, I think, out of 10. It, it did really good as a first movie. Yeah. Um, it painted it, it painted a really good picture of the life, of the wizarding life, kind of in, you know, Diagon Alley and Hogwarts. It, it really did a good job world building. Um, and it did such a good job that they don't really have to do it again in the future movies. It's all established yeah. in most of this first movie. And I think the little, um, even the little bits of world building they do in uh, future movies, they didn't have to do much. It it was just around, like, you know, new characters and, you know, scenes like that with, like, you know, Gilderoy Lockhart and all that all that stuff. Mm, yeah. Um, so I, I think they did great world building. Um, yeah. So I, all... I think that was one of the strong points of it. Yeah, which is what all the... Which is what the first movie is all about. Yeah. Um, and I think they painted that picture beautifully. I think they did too. Um, so I, th- I think that'll wrap it up for our talk about the movie. You got some uh, trivia questions for me? I oh, hear. yes, I do. Uh, let's see how little have I paid attention in these books. Well, I, we already answered a few of them. Is just this just talk. pertaining to the first book? Yes. Okay. Um, when Dumbledore came to draw Perry off at the Dursleys... What color of cloak was he wearing? It was like purple or something, wasn't it? It was purple. Oh! oh okay. 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 One to, one I just assumed that because he always wears purple. <laughs> Why change? <laughs> True. It is actually, in the books, he wears emerald green a lot. Does he? Yes. I thought McGonagall was the one who wore green. That's in the movies. I mean, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Fair enough. I, I think all blizzards do i don't know i don't know i don't know um what day was it when harry was delivered to number four privet drive it says in the books 
Wasn't it like June 13th or something like that? I it didn't say the day, I don't think. Oh. It, um, like what day of the week? Oh, fuck. I don't know. Tuesday. Actually, more specifically, a dull Tuesday. A dull Tuesday. <laughs> a dull Tuesday. Uh, let's see. In the first book, let's see. What did Professor McGonagall tell Dumbledore to make him blush? <laughs> you got me. <laughs> that he was too noble to use the type of magic Lord Voldemort used. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, what was the name? Oh, I don't know that this pertains to the first book. Was the night bus? The night bus wasn't. Yeah, in the, the night first bus book. isn't first book. Take it away, Annie. Well, that's all. All I have written down, but I do have. Um, let's see. What was Harry's wand made out of? Oh shit! Um, unicorn hair? No, no, no. Uh, phoenix feather. And what was the type of wood? Like the main type of wood? Oh, I don't know. Elder wood or eld? Eld? I don't know. What? It was um. Uh, shoot! I just had the answer. I was gonna say, brain. uh, you're supposed to have this answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, was it hickory? No, I oh, I used to know this. Yeah, phoenix. Feather. I was like, I know it's Phoenix Feather because him and Voldemort's wand were from the same Phoenix or something like that. It was actually from Fox. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, Dumbledore's bird. Yeah, Dumbledore's little fiery bird. Which actually, did you know? Um, Holly, shoot, Holly wand. Oh, uh, okay. Hollywood for Harry. Um, did you actually know that Phoenix or uh, Fox in the movie was a robot bird? and what yeah oh 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 oh! i thought you were talking like in the actual movie i'm like what you talking about robot bird no i'm i know you're talking about in the filming oh yeah i thought you meant in the actual movie like the the bird's a robot i was like no it's a bird oh yeah no it's a bird bird. um but richard the first dumbledore didn't know it was not a real bird oh no they never told him and he just died so he, was- so he died thinking that that was a real phoenix yeah. or something. Oh, my God. Because it moved. It had all the feathers and it made noises. And the Yeah. Oh, my God. That's great. Fun fact. Damn. I wasn't ready for that one. Oh, I know. Dude, that's. Yeah. Oh, what is. What type of wood is um, Hagrid's? I don't know. Oh, you don't know. I don't know any of the woods. Oh. Well, that's rude. I'm sorry. I'm oh. uncultured, I guess. Okay. Well, it's actually, um, they see it, they say it in the, and I think it might be in the first or second, maybe the second. I would assume it's the second one because that's where they get into Hagrid's backstory and whatnot. Um, Do you have any, uh, trivia questions for me while we're talking about trivia questions? What kind of car was, no, that's. Blue Fort Angela. I was (laughs) going to say, that's not the movie, that's not the first movie. Oh, true. Um, fuck, I don't know. I don't know any of this trivia nonsense. How many head did the three headed dog have? Four. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, did you really not think that through? <laughs> what was its name? Oh my, Fluffy! Come oh, on now. I don't know. Uh, what kind of dragon was Norbert? A Norwegian Ridgeback. Damn. Norbita. Um. Yeah. I, I. I got nothing as far as trivia goes. You got anything else to add? think so i think we wrapped up this first book slash movie pretty dang well i i think so too um yeah we're gonna be doing each one of these movies and books uh, it's gonna be a little series we're doing 
Um, next time I talk with her, we're going to be talking about uh, Chamber of Secrets. Uh, so yeah, get ready for that. Um, and soon enough, me and my brother, we're going to be talking Lord of the Rings. Uh, we're going to be doing another uh, book versus movie series on that. Stay tuned. Um, so I don't. I think we're just going to do at least Lord of the Rings. I don't know if we're going to go into The Hobbit yet or anything like that. Um, so stay tuned. We'll find out more about that later. Um, so yeah, any uh, any questions, any comments, uh, anything you want to correct us on, you know, uh, just yell at us in our email or whatever. Uh, do it. SidelightRantingsPodcast at gmail.com. Um, so I guess until then, uh, yeah, that's it. Adios, amigo. Bye.